Welcome back to your favorite St. Louis sports podcast, The Lunatics. I'm your host, Tyler, here with another fun episode to discuss all the happenings here in St. Louis. We've got some interesting things and potential controversy with the Blues, uh, some less interesting things, and hopefully something that may or may not happen uh, with the Cardinals, and then all sorts of excitement with St. Louis City SC as they're announcing some of their upcoming schedules, as what not just for the draw for the upcoming Champions League, but as well as the schedule release for the upcoming season. John, what do you have? Uh, I have nothing that you didn't just say. I do want to warn our listeners, if they're not watching, if they're listening on you know their favorite podcast app, they don't know that you poured essentially a pint of whiskey over there to drink. <laughs> and I've got two beers ready because we have so much to go over that there's a good chance I'm going to need both of them just so that my, you know, I got a beer for dry. backup. Ooh, look at you. I'm already, I'm already ready. So in case I decide I need to break it up yeah. a little. Well, in liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Like that's, that's smart. You know, I do have you to work to in the morning, so it's going to, uh, may hurt in the morning, but I'll be there. <laughs> that's, that's all we can ask. Right. It's all be there. That's basically my approach approach to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's been your approach to a lot of things in life. Uh, I been. remember on more than one occasion, it was, hey, John, we need to do this. You're like, I'll be there. And you were there. Uh, and I guess that counts for something. It does. It's the thought that counts. Mm, or something. Or something. <laughs> so uh, let's jump right into the blues here. So <clears throat> we'll start off and kind of kick it off. The blues... Uh, are still in their up and down ways. Uh, after tonight, they're just above a point per game because they somehow beat the Florida Panthers in that Florida. That was amazing. Um, after absolutely getting destroyed by Vegas a couple nights ago. It's, it? it comes back to the was it absolute... The or it was Tampa Bay, you're right. It was Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning we got destroyed by. Either that way... That was embarrassing. It's, but the, the score, not this interaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my issue is is that the blues team is still the same blues team it's you don't know what you're going to get night to night nothing nothing is changing um well some things are changing i guess and first and foremost is what did i say during our last episode it's been just over a week ago is that i said uh bad players or players not performing will get good coaches fired and then what happened 15 minutes after we finished recording Greg Berube got fired. And the best part about this, if there is a best part, is our like immediate, like all caps messages to each other. Like, what the fuck is happening? Of course, we just fucking recorded and this happens. <laughs> and like, like too late now. <laughs> just going to have to wait. Yeah. Well, and then you were going on vacation, leaving me right. here in Missouri fend for myself uh thanks a lot vacation was awesome <clears throat> missed you. yeah well i hope it better have been it would have been better with me it would have been yeah but anyway <laughs> so a point per game they are just over just over a point just per over game. just over a point per game it's like 1.0 yeah. something points per game. <laughs> yeah 33 points <laughs> in 32 games so they are really <laughs> killing it um currently on track for you to lose a bet against me still um but you know they're only one point out of the wild card, so like they suck, but so do everyone else. Um, so I mean they they've got a, a legitimate chance here. 
making the playoffs so, still. I mean, we're... I I want to talk about yeah they they still have a chance to make the playoffs. I don't know whether I like or hate that right now. Um, I I have mixed feelings, and a lot of that is what is this team actually constructed to be able to do? And the more I watch it, you know, there's so much potential. Um, you know, it reminds me of my, one of my favorite quotes is the, uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. Um, the road to terrible teams is paved with great potential. Uh, right. What happens when you build a team on its potential and not its actual like current ability. Or, or you sign players to massive contracts based on their potential without truly under seeing the ability. And I'm not, and we all know who I'm talking about, so we'll get into that more in a minute. But she, Army and, and Doug Armstrong, and I've I've appreciated Doug Armstrong over the years a lot. He's done a lot of great things. He's the one who built this team into what it was. Uh, I mean, if those of you who remember the, uh, I think it was 05 to 08 range, uh, 05 to 09 range, we were absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Blues were awful. I mean, we got some very high draft picks, but that's how we... We drafted well, we supplemented well, but that's how we ended up with the likes of TJ Oshie and, you know, David Perron and David Backus. And, you know, the list goes on. We got some great players because we are a terrible team. And then we traded and supplemented. We built that team and then we became a contender for a long stretch. And Army built that. So, like, I don't want to take anything against Army. He put together the team that won the Stanley Cup. Um, he did pick Mike Yo to be in charge of that team, which we all know was a mistake. Um, but he got rid of Yo and brought in Barubi, who was the right guy for the job, got the job done, took us to the Stanley Cup. We won the Stanley Cup. I don't feel like... Since I think since the stand we won the Stanley Cup, Armstrong's ability to develop this roster and, and fill it out has been subpart best. I feel like we've had a multitude of poor contract choices, and and it really all stems for me. The more and more I look at it, and actually, uh, uh, I think uh, Jr. J- Rutherford I think put mm-hmm. out an article on the Athletic about this, and, and we talked a little bit about this last week, but it, it really starts with. As soon as after the cup was over and we, you know, started letting our, our key guys walk um, because we didn't want to give them no trade clauses or no movement yep. clauses yep, and says, no, I don't want to give them more power than the owner of the GM. Well, no, like for some players, you still need to do that. So instead yeah. of giving one player, you know, the power, the power that needed to be to have that lockdown cornerstone of your, your franchise, instead, we give out all these extra contracts to all these players and then it came to bite us back in the ass and over the summer when we had players exercising no trade clauses because they didn't want to go anywhere and didn't allow yeah. us to adjust the roster because those aren't the players we need or what. And, you know, if those of you who have the uh, subscription the athletic, I encourage you to go read that article because it was a lot of things that I was feeling put very well, better into words than I can. <laughs> um, and but but we haven't put together a good team. We haven't put together a team that can compete. We It's all based on potential and not off what they can do. Mm-hmm. And we've let guys who we are proven commodities walk out the door in favor of quote unquote potential. Um, and I think that's what led to Chief getting fired. And then to, to further that piece is, is our team is not built to grind. 
I mean, you no, look at that team no, that won the Stanley Cup, they were built to grind and to grind out wins and beat teams into submission. Um, and I don't think that's what Armstrong wants, how he wants to continue to build this team. I felt, and this is going to be the end of my rant before I let take a breath so you can actually talk, but I feel like what happened with the Chief hiring is that he brought up Chief just trying to fill in till the end of the season, and he was never Armstrong's guy. Armstrong backed him last year because he was winning and kept winning, um, but he was never truly the guy Armstrong wanted as coach long-term. And the way that he built the roster to me was was proof of that. And, and, and I'm not saying he was looking for an out to get rid of him, but I think it was easy for Armstrong to make Pull that trigger, make chief the scapegoat because mm-hmm. he wanted a coach that is going to coach a different style, the style that he's been building the roster for. Yeah. Um, I don't, that's an interesting thought. That's not one I've considered. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I do agree with like the middle part of, of that monologue about the roster constructions, not only with the bad contracts that we've given out, but also the players that we moved away. Right. We, who, you know, Petrangelo, right. Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, like, I mean, core group guys from that cup run and, and they're all gone. And I mean, it has been at this point four years, right. You're going to expect some roster turnover, but it was almost immediate that they started shipping guys out and, and it just, it, it hasn't felt the same since that run. I, so the season after the COVID, the COVID issues, the COVID season, issues. Sure. We right. looked like the same team that season, but we still had a lot of those guys on the books. Mm-hmm. They were still on the roster. Right. Um, so we lost very few players after that. Really Pat Maroon was the only big player we lost. What a uh, run he went on though. And then went and won the next two titles with Tampa yeah. Bay after he left us. But he was really the big guy that we lost was, was, was the big rig. So we lost the big rig. We still mostly had the team. We were, looked like we were the best team in the NHL. Then the COVID season COVID gets, comes up. It, we go to the bubble players like Steen decide to retire. Don't come out to play. We, we lose some leadership. We lose some stuff and, and we just never hit our rhythm in the bubble. We, yeah. when we finally came back, we never looked like the same team. And so I, I think that that was the beginning. Like I felt like we had a very solid chance with the confidence, the way the team was rolling to repeat. And then the roster deconstruction really happened after that season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree with all of that. And it's, I don't know the last, you know, this year has been frustrating. Last year was, was more frustrating. I think, um, What's frustrating about this season so far is that there's just no consistency, which you and I have hammered on a lot. But I mean, you know, the day, the morning after that loss to the Lightning, you know, the guys and I at work spent all morning t- just talking about how bad it was. And then they went out and, you know, put a good beating tonight on Florida. And, and you just you don't know which team you're going to get. It's and it was. I think my issue is that the inconsistency and the ability for players to get up and get ready for games was put on, on chief. And that's why Mm -hmm. he was fired. But I feel like it's a, it's a player issue. I mean, like if players don't want to get up and play, if they, they just don't have it in them, 
or if they don't have it in them or mm-hmm. not don't have it in them consistently, there's nothing a coach can do to fix that. No. And I think part of the problem is that those are the guys we've given contracts to as a whole. There's still a few guys out there, right? That just grind. I mean, Sammy Blay, I went into yeah. depth about him last time as a guy who's going to gout, he's going to grind. He's going to do his stuff, right? There's players out there. I mean, mm-hmm. Bucci's always going to be out there and he's always going to be game ready. Mm-hmm. But we have some other players. Uh, Kyrie, I'm looking at you. Um, you know, it, so let's it, let's talk about. And I, Kyrie. I'm I'm form I'm focusing on Kyrie here a little bit again because yes, there's more to talk. But he's another one of those players that he's not so, he's not ready game night in and night out. Well, I think it's he's not very much of a two way player to put it lightly. And I think that's a large part of it. His his offensive production has not been horrible for, so far this year. The problem is that he's not doing he's not doing enough to make up for his lack of defense. Basically, his offensive production. If he was not getting paid eight million dollars, if he was a three or four million dollar a year player, yeah, his offensive production's fine. I mean, At eight he's million dollars a team. year. He's got third on the team points. doesn't mean, but how much, okay. He had what five or six of those over the last few games after mm-hmm. he had a fire lit under his ass by getting booed by the home crowd. Yeah. So like had, prior to that, he had like 15 three, points and then four, 16 he had points. four. He had four after that. Yeah. So well, and I don't I mean, know if this is updated through tonight either to be, to be honest. But I, again, my point still stands is, you know, after he had a fire lit on his ass and realized that, peop- hey, the entire the entire fan base is looking at you now. You need to be aware of it. He, yeah, he went out and he performed for a couple of games. But I will say I I and OK, so so go ahead and say your piece about how you felt about his statement um, about chief. Because I felt I like his initial. I felt like his initial statement came as a from an arrogant and just a I'm a young player and not aware of how what I say it affects everyone else, and didn't honestly have the come to Jesus realization that oh yeah everyone's hanging on my every word because I'm the eight million dollar player and I'm the one of the white guys who has not been consistent night in and night out so yeah they're gonna take fire at me because it i'm that guy yeah i from his initial comment right right yeah just the, just the initial comment just the, I took just the initial comment. um especially after i read jr's piece on the interaction which you and i talked about that we think was probably yeah you, you asked for my initial opinion no, so this is before I, I even read jr's piece. okay fair fair um I think a popular coach got fired and you have a player who, although warranted, definitely has that, you know, perception by the fans that he is underperforming. Um, And I think just like Army made uh, Barubi the scapegoat for how the team is performing, I think the fans were inclined to find Kairou as the scapegoat for Chief being fired, which is not true. One player does not get a coach fired. Um, doesn't certainly doesn't help. But um, I definitely read it as just, you know, would you like to talk about the interact, like your relationship with him? And it was just, no, he's not 
he's not my coach. I, I don't need to answer that. That's that was how I took it. I'm very much in the minority on that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I, again, I think it comes from a place of arrogance, from aloofness, whatever you want to call it, of not being aware of the situation. Well, and, and that I do understand that I do believe, like, I think it's a young player who's, I say, yeah, I mean, like he's a young player, but he's been signed to be one of the franchise cornerstones right? and he's not ready for it. Um, he's not ready to be a leader. He's getting paid like one. And so everyone's going to look at him to be one. Right. He's again, he's what, 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't feel like that's an excuse. I mean, like, well, yeah, but the so 25 this is, year old is, is not least... ready to answer all of these questions. Correct. I, I don't disagree. What I'm saying is, is when people say, oh, when you're 25, nobody's ready to handle whatever situations. I guarantee you and I both were put in uncomfortable situations at 25 in our career because of what we do that we had to handle professionally. Right. But I don't I don't necessarily think that that comment was unprofessional. I think it was, again, I think it comes back to the inexperience and being aloof and not being aware of the repercussions of what you say. No. Yeah. I, I don't have an issue with that. Right. I mean, um, here's, it, here's the thing, right? No, no, no. L- listen, here's the thing. Okay. The reporters are sitting there. They're asking you questions. Okay. You answer them. Okay. You lose sight of it for a moment. That quote gets taken out of context and it becomes a big deal. That's an experience. That's an experience as a leader. That's an experience with dealing with the media. And yes, he has been given this big contract because of his play on the ice, which is r- previous play on the ice, not this year's, obviously. Um, <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, you still also have to develop that other, the off the ice part too. And not everyone is going to be great with the media. There are some very, very good players in all sports who are not good with the media. Um, and there are some who intentionally will inflame things because, you know, they find it funny. Um, Marshawn Lynch, we're looking at you. <laughs> Freaking love that guy, though. <laughs> love that guy. Um, did you see Chief's comment in response to, so, to Kyrie? Yeah, so I want to follow-up so there was there was a follow-up interview there was a follow-up piece by Mm -hmm. by rotherford and it very much read to me that hey you need to clean this up right and and i think he was trying to do the right thing and cleaning up and explaining the context behind the piece behind the quote that ignited things i don't think the fans are wrong to boo players when they're underperforming and people are getting fired and and i but my my issue is that i don't think it should have stopped at Cairo, but that's neither here nor there i think there should have been multiple players that had a fire lit under the ass and booed that night because right. the coach was fired, not just for one player, as you said. Right. Um, I think the, the tears of Cairo after the game was those of a, a young player who was absolutely shocked by the city and, and fans that he thought loved him finding out how quickly <laughs> you can become the villain. Um, I don't necessarily know that it was a, one of those like, Oh my God, I messed up in like right away. Like, I think it was more of a, I'm like act- legitimately shocked at what I'm going through right now and, and hurt. Um, I think he did, he did clean up those comments. I think he was what he said after the game was what he should have said the initial time when people asked. Um, and I thought he did very well after that. I hope it, and if his social media people is his PR people did not talk to him 
before that post game right. interview, um, he did a hell of a job, <laughs> right? Um, well, doing it. But the other I think... thought I had about his initial comment is, especially after reading Jr.'s pieces, it wasn't even like, I mean, you know, anytime you're talking to the reporter, it's you know, quote unquote, interview time, right? But it also was not like he was like up behind the podium taking questions. Like it sounded like it was in the locker room, and Jr. was you know talking to him at you know getting information for a piece right and Kairu was you know doing whatever in the locker room getting ready for practice or the game or or you know whatever was going on it was I don't after what the morning it was. skate it was yeah, after the right morning after the morning skate day. so um you know there's also the the aspect of mentally like you have to like like you and I know this from our jobs, right? Like you have to put on your your game face for how to talk professionally to people sometimes, you know? And depending on the situation, you may not be mentally prepared to think that way and talk that way. Um, and that was my other thought for it as well. Um, I, <clears throat> again, I, I'll go back to, again, I think, I think it, the bigger issue and the reason that it blew up as much as it did because if Yakub Verana or somebody who like and some nobody made those comments, nobody gives a shit. The reason that this is a big deal is because they're all again. And Verana can't really make those comments. I don't. I, I assume he cleared waivers. I didn't see That's that. That's actually exactly what I'm looking up right now. When um, you said his name. I meant to check it when I got back. But he, nobody would care, right? He can mm-hmm. say whatever the hell he wants. Like nobody's gonna cares because he's not getting paid. $8 million a year. And he's not who people are looking at to help write the ship. The people that they're looking at to help write the ship are people like Bucci, Robert Thomas, Cairo, the big guys, the big names. And Cairo is, it, he needs to understand that. I think, um, you know, I don't think that army and company put him in a good position. Um, I still think that they gave out the contract prematurely or too big of a contract i think robert thomas personally is worth every bit of his contract and will be um over the coming years he's going to be a discount i think he has evolved every year as a player i just don't see it from Kyrie. and i still think offensively Kyrie will probably be close to a point a game player at the end of this this season so i'm not even i'm not even saying that he's not going to be a good player i think he because he does not fit chief style mm-hmm. because he made the comments he did because he's already underperforming and is already the highlight and the person that many fans are pointing fingers at all he did was give him the last piece of ammunition they needed to fire the gun to start booing on this on the ice that's that's, and, how, that's how i feel too about it like that's a great way of explaining what happened um and again i i i don't disagree with them booing him on the ice but i don't think it should have stopped with him there was a lot of players that if the puck touched their stick, they needed to hear that. Guess what? You're underperforming too. Uh, mm-hmm. The problem is that I don't think the casual most Blues fans are aware enough to be to be you know booing those players as well. And mm-hmm. it is what it is. But I mean, our defensemen have been pretty shoddy themselves. I mean, you know, Brandon Saad is not played up to his contract either. I mean, like goes on and on. Krug is. We all know about that whole ordeal. Everyone mm-hmm. should at this point. So it's it should not have stopped with Kairou. Um, and, and you started to head into this, so I'll kind of touch on this. But 
Um, I thought it was really interesting when Chief was asked about Cairo, because when Chief was asked about Cairo, it was the words of a coach, a coach who cares and loves his players, will never throw anybody, any of them under the bus, um, like at least not in that type of way. And somebody who knows how to deal and talk to the media, which obviously um, Cairo maybe does not as much. Um, I also feel like, again, going back to his to that last piece on Cairo is, is his his post game comments when he was in tears and you know all of that stuff. Again, I I don't think it was remorse for what he said. I think it was legitimate utter shock that a fan base could turn on him that quickly. Right. Well, and I'm sure it was an offhand comment that he thought nothing of. And like, I don't even know if he was aware of all of it, like until after the game so, or during the game, you know, and I guess the, the beauty of being a professional athlete and making 8 million a year uh, after the post game skate, he took a nap and doesn't, he didn't get up from his right. nap till like five or five 30 to head over to the, the stadium to get ready for the game. And when he woke up is when he he saw right the 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 post and how it had blown up. But I mean, like, God, I wish I could take an afternoon, go skate in the morning and take a nap. I should have I should have been a lot better at sports or something because I I sucked. I definitely fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you make bad decisions with your genetics. So. There you go. Don't disagree. Um, as far as Verona goes, he I don't think he was claimed. But I also don't see that we moved him because right, wasn't that the point was that they were kind of that they wanted to send him back down. And that means that you had to put him on waivers. And if he's not claimed, then you can do it. Um on the NHL's website, it doesn't like it still lists him kind of with the blues. It's bizarre. It doesn't list him with any other teams. His last game is still that game against uh, Chicago. Um and when you look look at news, it just like the last thing is like him being released. Um, so I don't know what's going on with him. But yeah, it That's sounds fair. like he he cleared because there's no information saying that he was claimed for, by anyone. That's fine. I'm scrolling through the Springfield roster really fast. He's on there. Is he? Okay. There He's you go. on the Springfield Thunderbirds roster. There you go. Now we know. That, that wasn't that hard, John. Come on now. I know. I don't know how I don't know how to find the Springfield Thunderbirds roster, and I didn't even have that thought anyway. I, so I, I just Googled Springfield Thunderbirds roster. That's fair. <laughs> I just looked up Yakub Verana news and saw nothing. Yeah. That's I mean, that's also fair. There's not really much to report on him at that point. So right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else on the blues. Like, All I right, think let's, that's, let's talk about the Cardinals and lack of excitement there. That's a good way to say it. Literally nothing has happened. Um, other than Tyler Glasnow, who we thought we might trade for, got traded to the Dodgers. I have something. There was some news that just broke on the athletic. Um, and when you say just Fran broke. Like while we've been recording. Oh, okay. Uh, San Francisco is now out of the Yamamoto sweepstakes. Ooh. And replaced by one St. Louis Cardinals organization, I'm sure. That's per our good friend, Lars Newt Bar, who is also good friends 
with Yamamoto and their moms, their best friends, and texts daily trying to get them to come to the cards, which I think is awesome. You know, we need more people like Newt on this. Again, he is, again, he's he was one of the guys I've listed even in our roster construction. He is a not just a good clubhouse presence, but he is one of the untradeable people, I think, on our roster. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I am very curious, speaking of Newt and Yamamoto, is I wonder if Yamamoto speaks English because I didn't think, I got the sense that they knew each other from playing in the World Baseball Classic earlier this year. Yeah, that's when they met. Yep. That's when they met. And Newt does not, at the time, did not speak Japanese. And I doubt he's learned it enough to be like particularly fluent. Um, but this is just a I thought don't know I'm if having Yamamoto right now. speaks English or not. Um, but I would be, in, I'm, I'm intrigued to see their text conversations and right. what Google Translate's pulling off. <laughs> That's that could easily be it, but like, but like, also, like, you have it could be they like, have to have St. Louis has great food, and it translates it to like St. Louis wants to eat you, and he's like, mm, I don't know about that. I mean, <laughs> they are Japanese, they might find that interesting. I mean, I don't know if you've ever watched Japanese TV, but it's different. Um, but I mean, you both have they both have to have enough of a grasp of the other language to like communicate enough to be friends, right? Like, it's not like they have an interpreter right now at all times for them. I don't know, maybe, well, I'm guessing Newt's mom speaks Japanese and she speaks to Yamamoto's mom a lot. But no, I think that's great. I like that Newt is recruiting for us. Um, yeah, I I think it's great. I think it's good. Um, there's still a lot of rumors out there. I think, again, we'd all love to see Yamamoto. Um, I would love personally my my two wants of players that are still in the market uh, as far as free agents um i would highlight is um <clears throat> yamamoto and montgomery um i'm still not opposed to training trading for uh like one of the indians pitchers whether it be shane bieber or um blanking on the other guy's name um, that they're dangling out there right now to potentially trade. And and part of the reason that this is, and I, it kind of comes back and we can go more in depth into this when we have more time to, to focus on the cards is, <clears throat> you know, the regional sports networks, uh, namely Bally and Bally sports, uh, diamond sports, their owners going bankrupt, which has led Bally to slowly lose the rights for some of these teams. Uh, San Diego was a big one that was impacted this last year. Uh, MLB last year was covering essentially reimbursing up to like 80% of what they would have made on their Bally mm -hmm. uh, stuff, but they're not doing that for this coming season. And there's still uncertainty on how many teams they're going to MLB is going to be able to package to sell to a deal to like Apple TV, similar to what MLS did for the MLS package. Right. Right. And because well, of that, it's led a lot of teams to, at least that's the reasons that, that they're right. listing is right. we don't want to increase payroll until we know what we're dealing with. Um, the Cleveland Indians being one of those teams, actually the Seattle Mariners Guardians. got. Huh? Cleveland oh, Cleveland Guardians. Guardians. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. The Cleveland Guardians, um, they're looking, they have a couple of good pitchers that they're dangling out in the trade market, potentially for a good, a cheap return. 
that we should really look at Shane Bieber being one of them. Um, and then the other reason that you hear that Seattle Mariners, Seattle Mariners uh, have been linked to a couple of people. Everyone thought they would spend big to push them over the, the hill, but they, uh, the regional sports network that was hosting their games on TV um, is now owned and controlled by them. So they're not getting any extra money out of that. And they're trying to figure out what to do with it. They ended up getting control of it. And so that's a big reason why there's potential for them to be trading people for more cost controlled improvements. And so I think it could lead to some additional trades and maybe we get, I still think we need one more frontline starter. The last one that I'll list and I'll keep saying it is because we have these pitchers of one-year deals with options for next year, team club options is Brandon Woodruff. Please, Mo, if you can get him signed at a decent decent amount of money, go fi- go sign the guy. We know he's not pitching this year, but I mean, if you're yeah. looking to build the team for, for 2024 and beyond, Woodruff is the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, though, is like if you bring that in-house, like it's not like you're not getting any extra money if you sell, like you can still sell commercial rights right? Like there are definitely ways to do it. And then you can control that. There's a very interesting quote um, from Manfred uh, earlier this year, speaking about the regional blackouts and it concerns the Cardinals. And he was speaking at, I don't know, it might've been the MLB draft. It might've been something, I don't know, some, some event. And this came up where they were, he was asked about regional blackouts and how are you going to solve it? You know, are you going to do like a league wide streaming service um, where every team you can watch every game if you subscribe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And his response was, well, let's take the St. Louis Cardinals. And he said, that's a fantastic market. Everyone knows it, right? It's a small market, but really probably more of a mid market, but smaller end market um, with diehard fans that consume everything related to their team right? As far as content goes. And he asked the crowd, what percentage of households do you think have access to watch Cardinals games in that market? And now I'm asking you, throw out a number. Probably like 15, 20%. First off, fuck off. You had to have seen. (laughs) No, I mean, but I just think about how many people actually have access to Bally because it's posted in the, the Cardinals groups all the time. Oh, that's true. That's how do I so watch anyway, this the game without is, Valley? <laughs> the, right. The answer is 15%. Um, and so at the meeting, everyone said, oh, 80, 90, 95%, right? Like it has to be. And his response was, yeah, try 15%. And he goes, if we can't solve that market, how can we have any hope at solving a lot of these other markets, right? Yeah. And San so, Diego, Miami, Tampa Bay. Minnesota, right? Like... Like there are, there are other markets that, that have this issue and don't have the fan groups that we have. So, um, I do think a move towards like what MLS has with the, uh, season pass is probably the best thing for them, but, um, we'll see. I, I mean, I would pay, I don't know if I, I, with all this uncertainty with Bally, because Bally, I think it was announced today. Uh, has come to an agreement with the NHL that they're going to finish out the season, but likely won't stream our games next year. Um, 
And I just would like to have a longer term plan or understanding of what we're going to do to make my own personal buying decision on how I can watch the games for both Cardinals and Blues. Oh, I mean, like I would cancel my current cable plan immediately if if Bally. I mean, Bally's already worked giving the rights back to the NHL teams and the NBA teams. Mm -hmm. Um, And the moment they give it back for the MLB as well, like deuces like i i don't need you anymore and so right. uh it's literally the only reason i i have them i subscribe at all yeah yeah i mean it's the only reason i would consider subscribing but i don't so it, you know i we got it's a long story i'm not going to get to why we have cable at my house but <clears throat> that's fine more importantly i my vote was to make sure like i had bally to make sure i could watch cardinals and blues um, and, and I won that argument, so I'll take it. Go. Um, <clears throat> moving on from, you know, there's not a lot much else to talk about with the Cardinals. Again, I hope that we figure they figure out the, the regional sports network piece and we can kind of move forward in some respects. Uh, again, I'm, and again, I, I'm going to waiting for your, your, your eyes to pay attention to me here for a minute, but I'm you know, ready for the Dylan cease for Nolan Gorman trade so that we end up with that frontline starter. Um, and, and we'll kind of see what happens. You know, I was thinking about that today and how you were too chicken to make another bet with me about this. But uh, did, did we... I think no, the I did last not time we talked bet. about this, I said it's a, fi- said, I think it's a 50, 50 chance. Like if they trade for a pitcher, it's a 50, 50 chance. Right. Like if it's a frontline starter that right. Gorman goes. I'm trying to decide if I want to cash my chips in when Gorman is still on the roster, when he reports to camp or on opening day. Yeah. I'm not so, making a bet right now at this point. It doesn't matter. Think... I'm just going to call you out on it. Yeah. So. Well, while you're thinking about that, uh, St. Louis City has been busy. Uh, so let's, uh, which I find amusing. I would also like it to be make sure it's on the record. I was logged in to this call first in this jersey. So, and hat. Okay. So, uh, if anybody's copying anybody, you were copying me. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe I was wearing this in bed eating my. Lion's choice before I came over here. You never know. Yeah, we, now I just feel like I need to call Lion's Choice and ask if we can we can uh, sponsor if they still sponsor an episode for like twenty bucks. Lion's right. When John was eating Lion's Choice, he couldn't help but have that dripping, delicious piece of meat in his mouth, and then yeah. just go from there. Two things about Lion's Choice. Number one, not an ad, but they have the absolute best ice cream of any fast food restaurant. And I will fight for that. Like, you no, seriously. Like, to, like you need to go there. Go there tomorrow after work. Go to the one by our houses and get a dipped cone. It is like a fast food game changing moment for ice cream. I'll make a deal with you. Tell your, I'll tell do, your wife I will, you're stuck I in traffic. It. I will eat it when you bring it to my house. No, how am I going to do that? I can't hold a cone and drive. I can't hold two cones and drive. Like, that's not going to happen. They, they do not have cone holders. If they're so good, I feel like they should have developed. Well, you, 
you can get the small one, but they do have a larger one. But we'll, we'll go together. Right. We'll go together, right. and I'll let yeah. you know what I think when I'm yeah. while I'm eating it while you're driving. Sure. And then I'll eat yours too if it's good enough. That you won't. Mine will be gone before yours. But the other last not an ad thing about the lion's choice and me eating it, uh, I had a cup of cheese, like you know, like a little you know cup like that big with a lid and all that. I put the lid back on. And I swear to God, my thumb went through the bottom of it and cheese like all ran out. <laughs> um, so I was not wearing this jersey when it happened. Thank God. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, like like just like like exploded out of the bottom all over me. That was the last thing I had to had to say about Lions Choice, though. St. Louis City. We have a lot to talk about here. We do have a lot to talk about. International roster spots. So we traded and maneuvered to get another international roster spot back. Um, there was some speculation of what we needed it for. And then, of course, uh, St. Louis City answers our questions. Uh, Lutz does not make us wait. He is uh, quick to move, quick to action. Uh, what were the things you and I said that we we really wanted to see them uh, address this offseason? Player-wise. Defensive midfielder and fullback. And uh, what have we done so far with the uh, players that we've signed? We traded for a defensive midfielder from D.C. We drafted at least one midfielder in the Super Draft, although we did make two picks, and now I can't remember the second guy's name. And, of course, it's not online. Easily for me to get, but we did make a second pick that I'm looking up right now. And then we did sign a fullback from Sweden. Did. Uh, yeah, Thomas so the fullback Tutland. from Sweden. Oh, yeah, he's a forward. So Tutland? No, uh, the other guy we drafted, Brennan oh. McSorley. He's a forward. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, so anyway, so Totland, uh, I think it's pronounced Totland. I'll have to figure I that out so. for sure. I think so. Tomas. Um, he, the, the exciting thing for me with this signing is if you read up on him, he's somebody who can play well as a kind of a wingback fullback on both the left and right sides. Yeah, so transfer mark has him listed as a right back. Manuel Veth, who runs uh, transfer marked in the U.S., uh, did have did say that he could play both sides. In I don't remember if it was in their post on Facebook or if it was a quote from Lutz. But in one of those two official, you know, announcement type things, the team did refer to him as a right back, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, I do think so. He, he comes from Sweden, uh, FC Hosken, if I remember correctly, mm -hmm. who I believe won the, the top division in Sweden last year. Uh, they are playing in the Europa League, uh, which is like the second tier continental league for Europe. Um, he is playing a lot, or he was playing a lot in the Europa League. He, he started almost every game that they've had in the Europa League. He started a little bit less uh, in their um, Swedish league play this year, but that could be because, like, I don't know, maybe there was, maybe he was injured. Maybe you want to save your best players for. Europa League, but that, I don't know, that's not really adding up too much. So I'm not sure. I do expect that he will be like, he will come in and be the starter, whichever side they want him on, in my mind. 
that's not to say that I, it's like written in pen, but he he's going to come into training camp the starter. I I think he will come into training camp as a starter. I think it's yet to be seen. I think whichever side is struggling is where they put him because that he could, can play yeah. both sides. Yeah. Um. I think I'll say Kojima, who was our first round pick, which I'm really excited after doing some more research on. Mm-hmm. He's a midfielder who can really play anywhere in the midfield. Um. And from what I can tell, he's his highlight reel is exciting to watch. Get you excited for a young guy. Um. I'm ex- interested to see. I, again, I assume they'll put him with City too. Um, and I think he's somebody that'll yeah. be interesting to see how quickly, if he earns a first team contract early, um, or if our midfield depth, and again, I think some of that midfield depth may be pendant on whether or not we sell any players uh, early, right. you know, during that first transfer right. window. Well, and we also already have Tyson Pierce coming up as an additional midfielder too on a homegrown contract. Um, the interesting thing that I wanted to mention about Kojima, um, I saw some highlight uh, takes for him too. He does look pretty sharp um but if he is signed to city two he does not take up an international slot because the international slot is with the first team so it depends on how they sign him they've not announced that from what i've seen on what his contract will be but if they sign him to city two that means we do still have that international slot uh, an observant listener might say well you it's going to Thomas Tutland, obviously, right? He's from Sweden. He's Norwegian. He's been playing in Sweden. Well, he's a dual national. He actually has U.S. citizenship, so he does not require a um, an international slot. So we start the year with eight international slots. Every team does. Um, when the season ended, we had eight international players plus two that are loan to Europe and Isaac Jensen and Selmir Pedro. So it could be that they're waiting until they see what the next year plan is for them since they were both signed to one-year loans um, to their respective places, which we've covered previously. Uh, so we'll have to see. I'm very interested in that. Um, I'm really excited for Thomas uh, Totland, Tomas, Tomas Totland. Uh, did you watch the highlight tape that the team posted for him? Oh, yeah. No, it, yeah, he's that looked. I was really excited. Very, he he was great at finding the final pass for some excellent yeah. goals. He, I think he's gonna be really good for us. I'm excited about. It. I think again, uh, going back to what Lutz had to say at the end of the season is that you know this is a five year process plan that they have in place, mm-hmm. uh, and we're ahead of schedule because of how well things have come together. Yeah, but there's still work to do, and I think he's showing that right. He, he's going yeah. out and looking for the players that could fill the holes and fill bridge the gaps that we need. I think uh, Kojima is a potential, you know, long term fix for us. He's got some good experience. He looks great uh, with what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, Totland has already proven that he can do it at a good high level. Yeah, um, it's just bringing it over here, and again, you know, ideally, you know, filling in. Uh, was it Totland that has already has a, a U.S. passport? Um, yeah, that's what I was just saying. He's a U.S. citizen. Yeah. Yeah. So 
um because he's got dual citizenship or some whatever so yeah i don't know so yeah so that goes back to the international roster slot stuff yeah that, so I, I just literally said all of that. i know i just i had a moment that's um, fine <laughs> and so uh i you know i think he's going to be great again i i think it'll be really interesting and you know it's been posted about right uh we've got the uh Con- concacaf champions cup this season we've got us you know the us open cup we've got Maybe, kind of we'll talk about it we'll get into that more in a minute um you've got the regular season obviously uh mm-hmm. ongoing during that time and then you've got the leagues cup there's a lot of games to potentially be played this season um and if we can get guys like totland to be able to fill in and mm-hmm. be able to give us additional depth right because we already have some uh a left back and Marcanic who we know can play. Um, we've got p- players that can play right back. Well, we've still got Hebert who we can flex into center back or left back as needed. We're going to need that depth this year yeah. uh, and to keep people fresh. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see how it goes um, and how things play out. So I do think um, acquiring Totland does move. Hebert more squarely into the center back depth than the left back depth myself. Um, I do also I think the think, trade of Bartlett helps that as well. Yeah. And, re- and releasing John Bell and, or not picking up his option. And, but I mean, Hebert was already the fourth ish center back on the depth chart uh, ahead of those two. Um, but I do think, adding fullback depth makes it easier to keep Hebert in his preferred position. Um, I do think that Marcanic kind of got a bit of a new team boost, if that makes sense. You know, coming out like, I'm going to show Colorado that they were not giving me the chance that they should have and blah, blah, blah. I do think his play tailored off um, towards the end of the season. Um, So I am very interested to see how he comes out this year now that he's kind of settled a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, the one thing that I really liked that you said there was talking about the fixture congestion, because pretty much everything else that we have to talk about today has to do with fixtures and fixture congestion. Um, and I think the best place to start with that is probably the U S open cup. Before we get there. Um, I think the back line, my projected back line, and we'll see how th- this holds true. Oh, you can't um, make a projection this early. Yeah, defensive back line, I think we're going to see... Uh, um, I think we're going to see Nurk on the right. I think we see Totland on the left, and then I think we have Parker and Nielsen in the middle. That, that's not a hot take. I'm not saying it's a hot take. I'm just saying because you're talking about Marcanic being yeah. Potential. I think that's I think, every. I think that's everyone's projected. Maybe Watts instead of Nurk, depending on what they're going for. Um, but and and we could be wrong. Marcanic could fight. You know, maybe it's not a you know a flash in the bottle and a flash in the pan, and he's yeah. able to capture that and bring it back. But I think well, and if he does that, the does, then it's like does Totland start over Nurk or? or Watts on the other side, like, like, you know, it, it could go either way. I think it really does come down to what kind of camp Mark Canick has. And I think that's going to be the determiner, uh, for that, for Totland. So, yeah. Anyway, us open cups. My fi- now that you're done with your by the way. projections. 
that are unnecessary. Unwarranted. Oh, necessary. You, they were unasked for. Unasked for. You, yes. You did. They were unsolicited projections uh, that I'm giving you, courtesy of my uh, self thinking that I know what I'm talking about. Anyone who's ever had a conversation with you has heard an unsolicited opinion. So this will not be a surprise to our viewers. <laughs> I feel like if they're watching a podcast, they're solicited opinions at that point. Well, for it them. might be unsolicited for you, but you're a jackass. So I don't know anyone who's ever had a private <laughs> conversation with you has heard an unsolicited opinion from you. <laughs> hot take. You're not wrong. Uh, so it's not really a hot take. It's not a hot take. <laughs> everyone everyone already right. knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if everyone has that opinion, it's not a hot take. <laughs> Okay, uh, lead us into the Open Cup. So U.S. Open Cup, um, <clears throat> MLS decided to say, hey, guess what, U.S. Open Cup? We understand that there's tons of tradition and history, and you guys are the longest-running tournament for professional soccer in the U.S. We're going to send our second teams. So how about you uh, don't talk to us anymore? Toodles. Have a nice life. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you hit the big points there. Um, very succinctly. I'm kind of proud of that for you. Um, had a little bit to drink, so it's funny how much you improve when you've had some alcohol, right? Some, some liquid courage. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the long and short of it. They, the first reason that MLS gave was fixture congestion, right? Which I kind of thought like, you know, that, that whole meme of, uh, <laughs> we're all trying to find out who did this, right? Like with regards to the MLS season with their fixture congestion and their bonus tournament that they created mm -hmm. with Leagues Cup last year. Um, yeah. It's the, but, uh, it's was it the SNL? Yeah. You know, that the yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, shoot, yeah. somebody is like, yeah. he's holding the gun. It's like, who could have done this to our schedule? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, their second reason was that they wanted to, you know, Increase the level of competition available to the next pro players for development, which I agree with that. I, I really would like the next pro players and teams to be able to participate in Open Cup. Um, I do think that allowing next pro to play against USL is good for them. Um, they previously were at the same level as USL, and then because of you know changes in structure or whatever, they're now a third division instead of a second division league. Um, so I do think that would be good for the development of our players. That's the whole point of next pro. Uh, don't think it's really panned out the way it was intended to yet, but we'll see. It's only been a few years, you know, kind of have to tinker. Um, most importantly though, I think this comes down to messy. I think that MLS realized like, oh, hey, Inter-Miami made it really far in the Open Cup last year and Messi signed with Inter-Miami and was immediately in the Open Cup and they became pro probably the two most watched Open Cup games of all time, right? But MLS is not able to capture that. They're not able to generate revenue off of that. And that's what it's that's what it's about. It's about money. Um. There's other reasons, of course, uh, that you can talk about if you'd like. So that way, you know, I don't have I think, to talk. No, you're fine. I just I think Messi is a part of it, but I don't think that's why. 
Really? I think messy is a part of it. And that, and it actually, you, you brought it up previously in a conversation I had, and I agree. It's the pitch quality. It's the potential for them to have to go to another place. It's the ability to, I think for them to showcase their own product. Mm-hmm. And if Messi gets hurt in the open cup playing some USL team, the the MLS is going to be absolutely flipping furious, right? Because that is that because people if Messi's out and he's not playing, people aren't watching Miami games, right? I do think that's probably true for Messi. I don't. I I think the pitch quality is a thing for like the MLS PA to be concerned mm-hmm. about. I I do think the Players Association is against participating in the Open Cup for that reason. Um, on top of just like being tired from playing so many games. And I don't think the players necessarily like, I don't think the open cup uh, pot is very big. So I don't think they like make a lot of money from it. Um, And like, if you're an athlete, like you only have so many years of playing and like, after you're done playing, like your income, you know, drops really dramatically for most athletes. Uh, So I don't, I don't, blame them for being against it i do blame the teams in the league for being against it though i think I, it also could here, be here, about this is, this is where the issue is if you win the uh u.s open cup you win three hundred thousand dollars you split. i was like you said that and i was like let me pull this up yeah split amongst your team does not yeah. i mean like and i'm not saying that's a little it's a small amount of money but in the the grand scheme of what they're in the realm looking of, at of here, professional sports that's that's a drop i mean that's yeah it, it, it's not worth it also speaking of the realm of professional sports i meant to bring this up earlier as you were said that a single player doesn't get a coach fired i'd like you to call lebron james and tell him that yeah when you're arguably the best player in your sports history, I don't think the normal rules apply to you. I said arguably. I did not say he was. I said when you are arguably the best player, people can make that case for LeBron. People do make that case for him all the time. I'm not going to say I agree with that case, and I'm not going to get into that right now because uh, St. We Louis no basketball. longer has a basketball team because you know the Hawks aren't here anymore. So That's right. Um, not our problem. But. <laughs> but i i think there's there's a lot wrong with again there's not a it's not a lot of money and that's what it gets down to is is there's not a lot of money that goes around the, the really the only thing good that comes out of it is the entry into the Concacaf uh champions cup and i think you know realistically you're looking at the Concac it leaving mls teams in and this is a huge reason why I think we they should leave their first teams in it, is it gives essentially MLS one extra entry into the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which is the biggest, it is right. the biggest soccer tournament for for clubs in on our continent. Right. I heard a theory today that because there's nine other sp- spots available to MLS that they're not really that concerned about giving up one. Um, plus they could potentially have the, you know, benefit of saying that an ex pro team made it and whatever. And like the media for that. Um, I hate it. I'm not a fan of it. I would rather see the first team play. I'd rather see 
both teams play. Um, the two teams and the first team. Don't know if that's necessarily possible. I've heard a theory that they could just expand the MLS roster out to 60 players and then that like solves the problem and then you can just use the next pro guys in the tournament. I think uh, I think what would be best for the US Open Cup and uh, MLS, if you're listening uh, and you want to hire me to help run these decisions, give me a call. But what I think is would be the best case scenario is to expand and give them flexible roster spots for these tournaments. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's actually what it that is. is. Expand to 60 where they can, but, but not like a full team. So, Hey, okay. You know, we'll give you eight extra roster spots where you can call up next pro without having to necessarily sign them to a full right. long-term first team contract right. um, that allows them a way to pull up these young guys, play more of these players, save some of the, especially early in the open cup, right? Later in the open cup. Yeah. You're going to want your first team player team players playing. Mm-hmm. If you're playing against other MLS teams and you're trying to actually make a run in this thing and, and secure a spot in the champions cup. But early on when you're playing, you know, you union Omaha. Yeah. Let some of your young guys play. Guess what? Your fans are still your if your fans love soccer, they're still going to be there cheering you on. You and I were at the Union Omaha game yeah. together. It was yeah. our first game together, actually, uh at right. Watch St. Louis City. And I say first game, first game we went together. Right. right. <laughs> um we went and, to almost every game that we went to. We almost both went to all of them together. Or not together, but we both attended them. Yeah. Um, but that was the first one that we attended together. Um the one thing that frustrates me so much about this is that like every team is playing, you know, backups in the early rounds anyway, guys who are not playing in the league. So I don't really buy that whole fixture congestion issue other than like the coaching staff and stuff um, who obviously have to give up their time and, and their attention for it. But like that game that we went to, like, I think the only regular starters that played in that game starters for that time were Miguel Perez who had been just bumped up because Blom was finally healthy and um actually no that first game was in April it was when Blom was out the second time um and then Edu Leuven who like basically insisted that he play the game and so coach had to put him in but no one else on that team was really a regular contributor yet at that level at that like the you know in league play um you know that was the first time we were really exposed to az jackson we saw celio play probably a better game than jackson actually in that game i felt um john bell played that game uh pedro and yinson were were in there so like i really i don't buy that that argument i i agree and and honestly that's another for me it's another reason to have to keep it another reason to keep this the the cup is to have extra minutes for these guys that maybe are Mm -hmm. first teamers that don't get to play on a regular basis and i think that's so important again uh the united states soccer federation uh respectfully is advising to decline this proposal and i agree I think it should be declined now. I think there could be, again, some middle ground. Maybe it's, I, I say eight, and it doesn't need to be eight. Maybe it's four or five additional spots where you can pull up some of your top 
talent to see how they play with maybe your second string of of your your MLS club in those early games and help with that. I think there's a lot of things they can do. And again, you and I absolutely loved seeing some of our young guys that we don't get mm-hmm. to see regularly get first team minutes. Yeah. Um yeah. And, and for a game and it was it was a blast to be there. And so I would love to see that again. You have players uh you know Ben Lunt was was great to be able mm-hmm. to see him get a game in a goal. Um, cause I mean, let's be honest. I mean, games that truly matter, we want Berkey, <laughs> right? but it, it's good right. to have Lunt getting minutes and, and staying sharp. Well, and you know, we are spoiled in St. Louis, right. With the U S open cup, because our city does have a very storied history in this tournament. So it, it does hit a little bit differently for us than it does for other teams in other cities. Um, you know, one of the things that has been said by a lot of people is, well, if you were, you know, everyone's in uproar over this, but like the attendance figures for most teams during the open cup are not very good. And so like, if you guys care that much, you should start going to the games and making it viable and making it like people realize like, Hey, you do really care about this. You know, for us, I think that's going to be the, you know, the baseline, that's going to be the expectation. But for some of these other teams, I don't, think that's how it is and it it really should be if everyone's going to be that upset about it i i honestly have concerns and we'll talk about it more in just a minute when we get into more of the Concacaf champions cup um that you know yeah this last year right we played union omaha and we sold out the stadium right right um but it's a record for that keep... level of uh the tournament for attendance. But but is that going to continue to be the case? I don't know. And the reason I don't know it and the reason I'm curious about it is is the way that the champ the CONCACAF Champions uh league draw and how the the schedule looks and, and ticketing and other things. Okay, so just had to hit the pause button for a minute and don't remember what you said before that. Um because my phone just told me that everything we just said about Yamamoto is again moot because he signed with the Dodgers tonight. So that sucks. And now I'm sad and I don't want to go back to talking about baseball. I just needed to correct it while we're here uh, because it literally happened I, while we were recording. I know where we were and I'll re- reiterate what I was just saying on the other piece. And we'll get back into it, but <clears throat> the Yamamoto signing sucks because it's the rich get richer. Um, I mean, yep. they're just LA is just signing everyone, and it's it's disgusting to watch. To be honest, it's it's not good for the sport. If you no. want my honest opinion, um, but we'll get into that at a later date. <clears throat> so what I was saying though is that my concern is yes, we set this record in our opening season. We had there's so much love for St. Louis City Soccer. Um, but I mean, like we saw it at the first home playoff game, right? You and I both mm-hmm. had playoff strips. We were lucky enough to be a couple of the people on the waiting list to be able to snag our playoff strips. Yeah. Um, yeah. but then, you know, we watched and first, Hey, we have our first ever playoff games. Prices skyrocket. Weather is going to be bad. Prices plummet. Right. And, and it's <clears throat> something similar. I think is happening with this CONCACAF champions cup in that, um, I mean, these first this this first game, I mean, there there's still tickets available to those who are on the wait list right now. Um, and, and <clears throat> you know, I and, and inexpensively, right? I mean, the playoff tickets were expensive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, double this price essentially. And um, oh, uh, more. Uh, 
two and a half maybe for me is what I paid for a, a very similar seat. Um, I, I bought two tickets for $54. They are in this each $54 each. They are in the top section and they're not like front row or anything. Um, but still like that's a reasonable price. Everyone complained a lot about how expensive tickets were last year and how they couldn't go to a game. Well, here's your chance if you're on the my city plus which a lot of people are um i checked this evening a few hours ago and it and there were still 7100 seats available um so about a third of the stadium still um not picked up i do think that i i think it'll sell out as we get closer i you know it, it is still day one it's three months away it's you know, going to be it's cold. February. It's they're February. All, they're in the entire uh, Champions Cup is all midweek games. Right. So like, it, it, you know, you're asking a lot for people to be able to get off work, get to the game. And I think that right. has a lot to do with it as well. Um, but just knowing that it's the, you know, the biggest tournament, I think, um, you know, again, the biggest club tournament mm -hmm. on our continent. <clears throat> my hope is to see, you know, I think, you know, some of the, the new and shiny wears off over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing, uh, especially for those people who maybe were priced out of being able to see the club play last year. Yeah. Um, maybe they won't be so priced out. And I think it may be a, maybe open up the doors for more fans to get to games. And I think that's great too. I, I'm not, so I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not angry, it, necessarily right. mad about but it. I still right? want to put on a good I think showing. it's good. I want to uh, sell it, it out. You know, as long as we're sold out every game, I'm happy. Um, right. If we sell out and we have to, you know, tickets at the resale market weren't three or four, 10 times, whatever it is, the, yeah. the face value, let's do it. And again, I think the biggest issue with the CONCACAF Champions uh, Cup draw is and, and another reason that people are less excited about it is that we, we drew Houston in the first round. Right. Who we're going to play two times in league play, plus possibly Open Cup, plus possibly League's Cup, plus possibly playoffs like in theory you know it's possible that we play them you know what is that they we're already at four we could play them once in six open times Cup, five, before the playoffs six, six times before playoffs seven times if we because you could hit them in the group and in the regular um i don't think we'd hit them in the group so six times plus you know whatever in the playoffs like yeah that, and if you played them in the first much. round and win all three you could play right. the same team nine times this year right like that that's not interesting. So I do get that. And then the follow it up with the second round game is going to be against Columbus, whoever wins our matchup. So like that's also not great. And then depending on how Orlando does, because Orlando is probably going to win their first game. Uh and then they could beat T Grace, right? I mean, they're gonna play. They could beat them. Um it's then why it we could play the game. Be, anybody can right. beat anybody. And then that's the third round against an MLS club. And at that point, the next round could possibly be against Inter Miami. And, you know, it's possible for us to get essentially to the finals without playing an international game. And I get that that's less interesting to people um, because that's part of why we love these continental wide tournaments is get to learn about these other clubs that we don't normally see and getting to play against them and really have, have pride in these kinds of matchups. Another theory that I heard from, from a season ticket holder um, was that they were worried about rotation um, in this game. 
and this February 20th came. I don't buy that because of a couple of reasons. Number one, you already said it. It's the biggest tournament we could possibly play in short of the Club World Cup, which is, you know, this is a continental tournament. That's a global tournament. We're not going to get you into have that to now. Win. If you win this tournament, you get to play in that tournament. Right. Exactly. It's the easiest way to say it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, okay. So there's that. It's the biggest tournament, right? Okay. Two. So, yeah, we are going to start off with like four games in 11 days, right? Well, this is the very first game. You're not going to rest guys for the very first game. Like, that's just, that's not what you're going to do. You're going to start with the, with all 11 of your best guys. Um, and not only that, but technically this is our 2024 home opener, like maybe not in league play, but it is the first game at city park for the year. So yeah, I want to be there. And also because it's the first game we play in champions league, you know, we only get one first. You and I talked about it in playoffs, right? We didn't get to go to the first game at city park for, for different reasons. But like, you know, we were there for the other, for the first game in the playoffs, which was a really sucky game to go to, but we were there and we're going to always be proud we were of the there fact for that the, we, were there. we were there for the first game for U.S. Open Cup. We were there for the first game for U.S. Open Cup. You exactly. were there for the first uh, home game for uh, the League's Cup. That was another sucky game. Also, weirdly because of the weather and also weirdly because of the performance. I think I'm not going to go into that game right now. That was, I would love to talk about that game, but that's, don't have time for that. Um, hey, do you know who looked great in that game? I did. Celio. Oh, yeah, I forgot he was there. Celio Pompeo looked absolutely amazing in that game. Looked like he belonged, looked like a top-tier player. Uh, somebody who I think, you know, with these rotations and things, is going to get a lot more minutes this year. I think so, too. Speaking of the rotation, though, one thing that is kind of nice, so we play February 20th against Houston in Champions League, and then we play the 24th, I guess, the Saturday after that, against RSL for our first game in league play. Well, we got really, really lucky again uh, because RSL gets to be in MLS's like standalone opening game that they're going to do on Wednesday, February 21st. Uh, Miami is playing RSL. It's the only game that night. So like, not only do we possibly have to play on short rest, but they also have to play on short rest and they have to fly. So did Miami get a buy in the first round. Is that correct? Uh, yes. The, they got a buy for the first you, round the uh, for winning league's cup. cup. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, wait, oh yeah, they got a buy. So that would make sense. Right. But the other thing is the other piece that we have over real Salt Lake there on that opening game is both of our first two games are at home. Mm-hmm. Yep, we don't have to travel that week. Yeah. So yeah, we're playing two games in the week, but no travel. That's I mean, yeah. people. You talk to players. You talk. You talk to people out there, right? The thing that takes a lot out of a lot of these players is these road trips, or these traveling mm -hmm. and the traveling all over the place. You play two games in a week, and you don't have to travel. Okay, cool. Let's do it, right? Uh, and, right. and so I think that helps. And then even the following week, when we do have to travel, we're traveling to Houston. That's a mm -hmm. short puddle jumper flight down to Houston the next week. And, you know, you, we 
I believe our second game is also at home, correct? We start with two at home and then we go away. I believe the um like ninth or something like the uh I think it's March the ninth, I think is our first away game. Yes, and that's so, so an away I mean, game at Houston. Yeah, we or have at Austin. Four, Austin. We have I get it, right? We have four games in a span of, you know, ten days, um, whatever, mm-hmm. 10, 11 days, whatever it ha- comes out to be. But we're only traveling for one of them. And the one that we travel for is Houston, which is mm-hmm. a short flight down the road. I mean, it, it honestly played out very, very well for us in the way that mm-hmm. the draw happened. And I'm not disappointed in that. Nope. Nope, not at all. And like, I want to do well in this tournament. Like, yeah, I want to play international teams as well. Um, but I, I want to do well and I want to play against good teams too. And I mean, I think, I mean, Houston's going to be a better team than a fair number of the non-Mexican teams are, right? Like, that's realistic. That's accurate. Um, I'm not going to lie. I personally, as a fan, am still a little gun shy of playing Club America. <laughs> Thankfully, they're on the other side of the bracket. So, I, you know, there's only one way that happens, and that's a, you know, a good problem to have is in the uh, tournament fi- finale. Um, but Tigres is on our side of the bracket. Uh, Monterey might be as well. Um, so, I mean, there's some good teams we're, we're going to have to play against. And yeah, I, but I, w- I want to play good teams. That's that's the point I'm trying to get at is I want to play good teams. I do too. I think, like, again, you, you said earlier, though, that one part of the appeal of these international tournaments is the ability to play teams and clubs and leagues that we've never we don't we wouldn't follow or pay mm-hmm. attention to normally so the you know the mexican club it, you know okay yeah we're gonna we are aware of them we know them we follow them a little bit more um but that you know that people from honduras people like cubs from other areas are it's a great opportunity for us to learn so much about them um and i think that that at times gets maybe understated or lost um, until you get to this piece um, where things are kind of like a little more interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, other teams that are on our side, uh, Monterey, Monterey is the other. Yeah. Is the Miami, that is on Nashville, FC Cincinnati. Um, but that's so, but that's it. But Cl- Club America um, and uh, is on the other side. So, I mean, I can't, I can't, the one team that we have, uh, PTSD from is not on our side of the bracket. Right. So can't right. complain that. Right. And and here's the thing, right? Um, you know, I just want more soccer. I know Absolutely. you say, hey, I want to do well in the tournament. I want to win the damn thing. Right. Um, I would love nothing more than, especially after the showing we had in the playoffs and kind of flamed out, mm-hmm. for us to turn around and come back and win the Champions Cup would make, that would, I mean, absolute dream right there yeah um i wouldn't care anything else that happened this season we could go two and 30 you know or two and 32 it's it's 34, 34 games, game right? season yeah 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 two so and two and, we 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 go two and 32 we uh, win champions about, cup i don't care how what, what if we went three and 31 and those three mm-hmm. wins are one of the away sporting kansas games the home sporting kansas game and then also the home game against the fire like there we go the home game against the fire 
for the home game against LAFC, and I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I want to beat LAFC. There's something sweet really about beat beating fire. LAFC. It's just well, okay. I think as a Saint, we're going to win more fan, than three games. Let's be real, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like Colorado won three games last year. Like Toronto won three games last year. So, like, yeah. They won more than three. Right. That's what I mean. They won more, more than three. Than three. No, more I'm just than kidding. <laughs> but I think as a St. Louis sports fan, I think we are inclined to hate LA and New York because in most sports, uh, the teams from those places throw their money around to get the best players. LA also throws great weather into it. You also have Stan Kroenke, who everyone knows that we hate um, in LA. Like, it's a natural dislike for them. So I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. I, I again, there, there's something sweet about beating. Honestly, if we won just three games the whole season outside of winning the Champions Cup, and those three games are just the three games against Sporting Kansas, sign me up. You can hang your hat on that season. <laughs> That that's a season you can hang your hat on. That's right. That's right. Oh God. Oh, okay. God. So no, I mean, I again, I don't have. I'm not asking for a lot here, just to win a giant and continental, you know, tournament and uh, beat Sporting Kansas. That's all you need. There's nothing that's all else. I need. That's well, my Christmas wish list. Christmas wish list. Tune in next week uh, as we are going to have some fun conversations about things that we want to see, uh, both with uh, kits and jerseys, as well as, you know, some other ideas on what we'd like to see maybe with uh, TV deals and baseball. Or, you know, maybe we'd like to see the L.A. Dodgers get uh, penalized for doing something illegal because they've got to be doing something illegal. Um. I think LA is probably lawyered up and doing everything in the rules, but I doesn't mean I like it. More importantly, uh, no matter what happens, we're still not in as bad a shape as the Colorado Rockies or, you know, you know what, why not talk about, you know, the Colorado Rapids. They're a pretty uh, rough team and they had a rough season. You just mentioned it and you know, who owns them? Who enlighten me? Stan Kroenke. Uh, do you know who I hate? A lot of people, but also Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke. So with that, everyone, uh, Stan Kroenke, we hate you. Good night. <laughs>